Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Just wanted to make sure the sound was working. Welcome to the house of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Um, if you're watching online or if you're here in the sanctuary, we welcome you this morning. We're going to begin in just a moment with praise and worship. But before we do, let's just go to the Lord to start this service with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this day, for this is the day you've made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, Lord, and we thank you for your grace. And we thank you most of all for the precious blood that you shed. We worship you today, Lord, and just help us now to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, help us to, to see what you want us to see and hear what you want us to hear so that when we leave today, we will know we have been in church. And we praise you for it and thank you for it. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this. Christ is. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. Cause he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. Amen. And I've still got joy in chaos in every season and every situation. We praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Cause I built my life on Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful in every season. So why would he fail now? He won't. No, he won't. He won't. Still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Cause I built my life on Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful in every season. So why would he fail now? He won't. No, he won't. He won't. 
this rain came Rain came and wind blew But my house was built on you I'm safe with you I'm gonna make it through We stand Rain came and wind blew My house was built on you Yes, it was I'm safe with you I'm gonna make it through We stand on you Rain came and wind blew My house was built on you
Thank you, Molly. What a great opening, huh? If the Lord be with us, who can be against us? All right, we, we say that a lot, but do we really mean it? We have the creator of the universe living in our 
body, spirit, soul, and body. The creator of the universe resides here. We speak with his authority, not ours, his authority. He said, I'll give you the ability to trample on snakes. Not gonna, not gonna go into snake handling mode this morning. You can walk on them and they cast out evil spirits in his name. I've seen that, I've seen that done. I've seen that done. That is, that is a awe-inspiring sight to see people that are oppressed, held down, uncontrollable at times, and to see all that go. That is, that is a, that is, yeah. Every spirit-filled believer needs to see and be part of that. All right, totally off the topic. Why am I here? It's offering time. All right. And uh, uh, so we also have, of course, several special projects. Um, what I call the, the poop fund. That's to make sure the septic tanks work. And can I hear an amen on that one? All right. And the second one is we're going to uh, upgrade, updo, um, refurbish the youth room. And we have the newest youth here with us. Thank you, Laura. That's, I, I saw that. You can lead right in there. So, so it's not for, as I get, uh, as birthdays add up for me, I'm like, you know, I need to prepare for this generation. All right. You all right. I'll love the youth room. It'd be great, right? But it's not for it's not for me. It's not for some of us in here. It'll be it's for her and the ones that come slightly before and after. So keep that in mind. So it says some people, some men's works precede them, some come with them, and some come after them. So make sure your good works precede you, come with you, and follow after you. And these are the good works that follow after us. All those that use this room and are, and are uh, uh, changed within it, you get ching, you get credit for that, right? So bring it down. Amen. Amen. Spirit sound rushing wind fire of god fall within holy ghost breathe on us we pray as we repent turn from sin revival ember smoldering breath of god then us into of heaven pour your spirit out pour your spirit out we need and we need a fresh wind the fragrance of heaven pour your spirit out on us pour your spirit out
give him a praise this morning. Amen. Jesus' name. He's good. Amen. 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 He's good in all things. Amen. Well, praise the Lord this morning. Thank God. I uh, have to tell you something that's kind of interesting. Um, Pastor Chris, by the way, is in New Jersey this morning. The uh, church that he prays for about once every year, they had uh, called and asked if he could come. This is the date that they had asked for. So he's in New Jersey today preaching. And uh, yes, Joyzy. And so he, he's there. He's there today. Um, but we have a very special new person that has never been here before and they just happen to be here not on the day he's preaching but on the day I'm preaching I don't know how that happened and I'm sure that I'm sure that Pastor Chris might be a little sad about that but his sadness is my gladness and uh, so we have Haley his granddaughter with us this morning for the very first time would you give her a hand and uh, we, we bless her this morning in Jesus name she's about five weeks old I think so this is her first service, and it's kind of uh, interesting because today we're going to talk about children and youth and babies and a whole host of things. So it's kind of interesting that that worked out that way, but we bless her today um, because I want to tell you that God has a plan for rescuing our children. There is no doubt that God has a plan for rescuing our children and our young people and our babies and, uh, and, in, and in doing so, rescuing our nation. He has a plan, and it's always been there, and now it's about to come to fruition, and it has already begun. Um, and we can see his hand at work, because if we look back just over this past year, okay, we look back just over this past year, we saw that about a year ago, Roe versus Wade was overturned. Now, that's still very important. Even though all the states have not come through yet, they will. They won't have a choice because leadership will be removed if that's what it takes for that to happen also. So that's coming because that's part of God's plan in rescuing America is to not only rescue the children, but to rescue the unborn so that they can be born and be children here on the earth. So that is coming. And God is still expecting us though to not stop praying and speaking his word for those unborn. Because until all the states fully make it illegal again for abortion to take place, babies are still dying. And so we can't stop now. We have to push. And God is trying to awaken us to make sure that he, we understand that he wants us to push forward and to pray and to seek him still and to speak his word against that tragedy. Can you say amen? Okay, now another thing that just took place this month because God again is trying and is awakening us to the things that maybe we didn't know or maybe we knew a little bit about but we didn't quite know the depths of them. Uh, the movie release that just came out, Sound of Freedom, many of you may have seen it and that is definitely a God thing because people have to be awakened to the full knowledge of exactly what's been going on with child trafficking because it is much greater than most of us have ever believed. It is much greater in this nation and 
around the world than most of us would have ever perceived. And so the movie itself is beginning to awaken people to what not only has taken place over the last many years, but also to the horrors of just how much it has advanced and how much it has increased in just the last few years. And it is unbelievable. Some of the things that you may find out possibly by just watching the movie only. But there's other ways that God is going to reveal to us exactly what's going on. And I don't know if you know, but Hollywood and many others did not want this movie to be released. They did not want this movie to be released. And uh, there's going to be a great deal revealed very soon as to why many people in high positions did not want this movie released. There's going to be a great deal revealed about what's been going on. And it's going to look very horrifying. And it's not going to look good. It's not going to look nice. But God has to reveal it to show us what, we need, what we've been fighting against and maybe didn't even know it. And now what we must go forward and fight against. And when I'm saying fighting, I'm talking about using his word and in prayer and speaking what he says to speak. Okay? So... The, the thing about what's going on now is it is slavery. Child trafficking and human trafficking is pure slavery. And there is more slavery going on now than even when slavery was considered legal many years ago. It was a tragedy then, it was wrong then, and it is wrong now. It is wrong now. And God is going to deliver. God is going to deliver the children. And God is going to deliver other people involved in that. And he's revealing the trafficking so that we can work against it and pray against it in unity. The one thing that God wants us to do, and he's trying to make sure the church is awakened to, is to come together in unity. To come together in unity against all the things that have come against the nation and our children. Because let's face it, the children are the future of the nation. Until, until Jesus returns, the children are the future of the nation. So an awakening and a shakening are already happening, but a restoration is coming. And everything will be restored. But we're going to still go through some things and are still even now before that takes place. The two verses that I want to show you right now about how basically God feels about children, just to remind us, just to always remind us, they're both found in Jeremiah. And uh, the first one I want to read is Jeremiah 1 and verse 5. And this is the amplified version. And so, uh, and, it, and I hope it's the right amplified because I know there's a couple of amplified versions now. But let me read it to us. Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed you in the womb. So he's saying before, 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 before. I formed you in the womb. I knew you and approved you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Before they were in their mother's womb, God knew them. And when they were in their mother's womb, before they were born, he consecrated them to himself. That's how we know for sure that life begins as we know it at conception and that's why we know that any murder of any unborn is murder 
And that's what you have to call it because that's what it is. And it is wrong. And God is going to change it. The second verse that I want to read is Jeremiah 27, excuse me, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And that not only goes for babies and kids and young people, that goes for all of us. So God is going to rescue the children and the youth of the nation because that's what the nation needs and because that's what they need. And he is pushing us, though, to be involved ourselves in speaking his word against the evils of our day and standing up and coming together in unity and not, not backing down, but also not being oblivious to what is happening. That's why he's showing us these things. That's why he's pushing forth these things now at one time. So yesterday was the day of uh, prayer for schools. And many of you got to go to that. Some of you went with us down to Locust Grove Middle School, and some of you may went to some other schools. So it was countywide here in Henry County, and I think there are about, um, I think there were about 80 churches or so altogether that were involved. So give the Lord a hand clap for that. That's a good step in unity, right? Because it, it, wasn't about, it wasn't about any one church. It was about all the churches just coming together just to pray and to pray for the schools, okay? And that's what we did. So that's a good step in unity where, the, where it doesn't matter what denomination or, or non-denomination or anything else. It doesn't matter really what school you go pray for. Just go pray for one and also pray for all the others while you're doing it. And that's pretty much what, what happened yesterday. And so those of you that went out, thank you for coming out, whether it was... Uh, Locust Grove Middle or some other school. But um, I, was, I was praying, you know, the things that we were praying, some of the things that we were praying are obvious things, and we should be praying those, and we were praying those yesterday. We were praying things like protection over the kids, protection over the faculty, protection over the school. We were praying that the kids would be able to learn and understand the things they need to learn and understand and to move forward, and, and especially in the things that they need to be taught, the good things that they can still be taught in schools, because there are some good things that are still taught in schools. It's just not everything, unfortunately, and that's what God is going to change. But so that they can learn. So we, we prayed for all of those kinds of things and for other things. But the one thing that I had to pray for and that we have to pray for, and that is, is that God sends revival into the schools. He sends the Holy Ghost fire and revival into the schools because that's the only thing that's going to ultimately change the schools and the children and the nation is going to be Holy Ghost fire and revival. It must come. There is no other way. There was no other way for them to, to change to what they really need to be and what God really intended them to be until the revival comes in these schools. And so I, I'm going to encourage you to pray every day. Maybe you prayed yesterday, and, and maybe you've been praying, but I'm going to encourage you to pray every single day for the Holy Ghost fire and revival to begin, and to begin in the schools and with the young people, because God has already mentioned that it would begin that way. And I think we're going to see some amazing things very soon, but he wants us again as the body of Christ to be involved and to be on the same page with him and to be pressing forward and speaking his word in prayer to move the mountains of what have to be moved. 
and he's going to do the moving. He does the heavy lifting, but we have to do our part. And that's what he's calling us to do because we are the body. We are the body of Christ. He is the head. We are the body. But we have to do our part, and we need to be doing our part. So we have to push forward with this. So God is going to stop abortion for the children. It's coming. He's going to stop human trafficking for the children and young people. It is coming. It is coming. And now he's calling us all together to pray for schools and to pray for what he's going to do in the schools and the revival that needs to take place there for everything to change through every level of government and every level of every school system and all the people involved because all the people involved are not Christians and some of the people that are on top are uh, doing things that are are dastardly uh, and very opposed to Christianity and to the gospel and to your children. And so he's calling us to pray, and he's calling us to pray against this woke agenda because that's what it is, okay? So the enemy has, the enemy's worked very hard. You got to understand the enemy has worked very hard, and for a very long time, and we're going to talk about that part in just a minute too, but the enemy's worked very hard for a very long time in this nation to overtake people I'm talking about the over I'm talking about the enemy overtaking people in their minds and he's overtaken people that have become wicked and they have pushed things like abortion and they have pushed or been even involved in things like child trafficking and they have pushed a, a, this woke agenda which to some they think it's just this new thing but I'm going to show you where it's nothing new it's not new but where they where they push this woke agenda and they pushed it on our children and on everyone else. And uh, it's not a good thing. And so the enemy's worked very hard. He's worked very hard against our children. He's worked hard, but now God is going to push back and God is going to be involved with the plan and is involved and always was because um, there's been a mercy. God is a merciful God and there's been a mercy God has given mercy for people to change and he's spoken to them to change and he has showed them ways that they were wrong but finally when they don't listen then he is merciful for the others that he has to be merciful for which are the children and which is the body of Christ and which is the nation that was founded on him so his mercy will it always comes forth but now it's going to come forth in a different way that it hasn't looked like it was coming forth in a while, but it has been always, but it's going to look more now because of what God is changing. Look at what woke seems to do. It, it causes young people and even children and even small children to not know their true identity. Not only sexually, but in every other realm of life. That's what it seeks to do. And if the enemy can hide the true identity of a young person or a child, he can steal their destiny. And I'm going to show you that in just a minute. I want you to turn with me um, in just a minute to Matthew. But the young people must know the true identity of God and the true identity of who Jesus Christ himself is. Because if they know Christ's identity, 
then Christ can give them their true identity. And when he gives them their true identity, then they will reach their destiny. And that goes for grown-ups too. When you know Christ and you know the true identity of Christ, then he can give you your identity at any age and then you can fulfill, still fulfill your destiny and what he wanted to do. So I want you to turn with me now to Matthew 16, and we're going to read verse 13 through 18. And this is in the King James Version, Matthew 16, verses 13 through 18. And I want to talk about identity for just a moment here. I want to talk about the importance of identity and what Christ was saying here. So when Jesus came, starting at verse 13, King James Version, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah are one of the prophets. But he said unto them, whom do you say that I am? And that is the big question. Whom do you say that I am? And watch this. And watch this. And Simon Peter answered and said, For thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So that moment, Peter was confessing that he knew that Jesus was the Christ the son of the living God. He was confessing that he knew the true identity of Jesus. Amen? And then look what Jesus said. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And now watch this, because now Jesus is going to confirm Peter's identity. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock or truth, you could say, I will build my church. What rock or truth are we talking about? That he is Christ, the son of the living God, that rock or truth. And he said, thou art Peter, and upon this rock or truth, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He confirmed Peter's identity. Peter knew his identity and he was confirming Peter's identity. He was giving him his identity. He was giving him, therefore, his destiny. Now, think about this for a minute. What happened after this? Peter, on the night that they took Christ to be prepared to be crucified, Peter denied Christ. That same Peter denied Christ. He denied him not once, but three times. He denied him three times. But the Bible says he went out and wept bitterly because he knew he was wrong and he repented. And Jesus forgave him. And later on, Jesus asked him, do you love me? And if you remember, he asked him three times and Peter had to tell him three times that he loved him. And he did. But notice what happened there. Then later on, when Jesus arose from the dead and, and he went, ascended into heaven and then the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost, Peter was there in the upper room with them. And remember what happened? 
Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost like all the rest of them that were in the upper room, and he went out and preached, and thousands were saved. That was Peter's destiny. But his destiny didn't get messed up just because he made a terrible mistake. Even though he made a terrible mistake, he denied him three times. But his destiny did not get lost in that because he knew the truth, and he knew Christ's identity still and because he came back to him and held on to his identity, Christ held on to him and his identity. And Peter still did what God had called him to do and was fulfilling his destiny. Christ will never leave you if you don't leave him. And if you do, just get back to him quickly because he has mercy and he has grace. But Peter knew his identity when God gives our children their identity because they know who Christ is and they know his true identity. They will have their true identity and they can reach their destiny. So what do we do as the church? We have to pray and stand in the gap for these kids. We have to stand in the gap for all of them. We have to stand in the gap for the unborn. We have to stand in the gap for those that are being trafficked or those stand in the gap so that the ones that aren't being trafficked yet won't be trafficked or stand in the gap for our schools to change and for this woke agenda to be removed completely. It has to happen. And the only way it's going to happen is Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost revival and fire. It's the only thing because God is the only one that can change this mess. But the good news is he's coming to do it. He's going to restore He's going to restore. So let's look at um, let's look at a little bit about what the uh, where woke came from because I don't I don't know if you know we, we think about it that much, but it's been around for a long time. And uh, if you look in Genesis, let's let's go to Genesis. Um, let's go to chapter three verses 1 through 5 in Genesis. And let's take a look at that for just a moment. Let's just go back, all the way back, back to the beginning. Let's go back to Genesis. Verse 3, and let's look at 1 through 5. Okay, King James Version. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So here comes the temptation. Here comes the rebellion. Here it comes. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye be touch it, lest ye die. So that's pretty straightforward. I mean, God is, here is God. He's given you the whole garden, pretty much the whole earth. He's given you the whole thing. And everything is beautiful and everything is wonderful. And everything is there for you. And you can't remember, he came down and walked, uh, and, he walked with, with, and talked with Adam. And he's given you everything that you possibly could need. And everything is good. And you're going to be able to live forever on this earth if, if you obey what I'm saying. But there's going to be one thing that I'm going to make sure that I put before you just to make sure you will obey me, to show me that you trust me and obey me, to show me that you love me, and to show me that you're going to obey me. 
and to make sure you don't go against me. And I'm just going to say this one thing. Don't eat of that one tree. Seems simple to us now, doesn't it? But it was a whole lot different with the serpent, the enemy working through the serpent. But of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, and neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, here we go, ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. In other words, you're going to know good, and you're going to know evil, and it's all going to be pretty much the same to you because you're just going to be like a god, and you're going to know everything, and you're going to know so much, and you're going to be so smart, and your eyes are going to be so open, you're going to be so woke, You're going to be so woke that you're going to be like gods and you're going to pretty much know everything. And you're not going to need anybody, God or anybody else, to tell you anything because it's all going to be about you and whatever you want to do, wherever you want to go, and however you want to do it. And there's not going to be any recompense against anything, really, because you can just be, you're going to be like gods. Why would there be? There was the beginning of woke. Now what, now, what does woke do? Well, let's just look at a couple of things. Just, I mean, just, just not, not only just talking about the sexual things and the kids and all this kind of stuff we're talking about. Let's just talk about in, in, in general terms. What is woke doing to America? Now, I don't know about you. Well, I probably do know about you. But um, I don't know about you and how you think about financial things. But when Bud Light can lose, what, $18 billion in, let's say, what, a month? Now, I don't know about you, but something, when that happens, something, somebody thought they were, somehow somebody, somehow somebody thought they were very smart. Somebody thought they were very, 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 very smart. And they made a terrible, 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 terrible mistake for that industry and for their company. When you can lose that kind of money in that amount of time, somebody has missed something terribly. And then when you look at Target, yeah, let's talk about Target for a minute. Target and what they did. <clears throat> and you know, we should have had a clue about Target. About three years ago, Target was one of the first companies that said, you can come in our bathrooms. You can come in any of our bathrooms any which way you are and everything's fine with us. You just come right on in. You can use our bathrooms. You know, that should have thrown up a red flag for us about three years ago. If it didn't, it should have. And if it didn't, we really have to ask ourselves the question, why didn't it? I mean, let's be honest, right? We really have to ask ourselves as the body of Christ why that didn't throw up a, a red flag, a pretty big red flag, I might add. Well, I have a verse for the smart people I have a verse. I have a verse for the smart people, and uh, it's found in Romans one and twenty-two. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. 
that's that's where woke is going and there are other companies too and we could talk about other companies and other things that are happening that's that's where we're at on july 30th of 2023 that's where we're at that's what the enemy has pushed and that's what the enemy has tried to force and tried to force down the throats of this nation and other nations and he's still doing it and he's doing it against our children more than anything else because if he can stop the children if he can destroy the destiny of the children he can destroy the nation and if he can destroy this nation he can destroy all the nations that's the truth that's the truth the news media won't tell you that's the truth that some churches won't tell you but that's the truth and the bible says you have to know the truth or you will know the truth and the truth will make you free the church has to stand up and the church has to go to battle. And we have to go to battle by speaking what is true and what is correct. And we have to go to battle speaking the word of the Lord and what he says for us to speak and in prayer. And we have to go to battle for our kids and the unborn and those that are trafficked and those in every other realm and the schools and everything that's going on. We have to be willing to go to battle. We can't sit down on the sidelines anymore and just say, well, you know, I think this will change a little bit or sooner or later somebody will be in office and something else will change. It's only going to be God that changes this. He may put different people in office to use, yes, but it's only going to be him that changes it. It's only going to be him that changes it. And he's going, the good news is he's going to change it because of his mercy. Give the Lord a hand clap. He's going to change it because of his mercy. Do you remember, do you remember the story of Pharaoh and the children of Israel? Think back for just a minute. Let's go back in time for just a minute. Pharaoh had them as what? Slaves. They were slaves for almost 400 years or over 400 years actually. And they cried out to God and they kept crying out to God. But God had mercy even for Pharaoh and Egypt to do the right thing and to change and to realize they were wrong. Even God let Pharaoh know that his name would be great on the earth for one reason or the other. It would, be, it would either be great for the wrong reason or the right reason if he let his people go. He let him know that through Moses, remember? He could have, he, he could have been known as great and good. Either way, he was going to be great but it didn't end up being good. But he gave them the chance. He gave them, he, gave, he had mercy on them, basically. He had mercy on them that they could do the right thing and that Pharaoh could actually change and let his people go. And then he didn't. And Moses would go back time and time again and said, let my people go. God says, let my people go. And what would happen? Think about this. There would be one plague and then he wouldn't let them go. And then there would be another plague. And then he wouldn't let them go. And then there'd be another plague. But remember, in most of these plagues, Pharaoh himself wasn't really being touched too much. His people sure were, but mostly not too bad for him. And then, and then Moses would go back again and say, let my people go. And he still wouldn't. All that time, he had a chance. Don't say God hasn't given people a chance. Don't say God hasn't given wicked people a chance to change their ways. And God's the one that decides that, but don't say he hasn't given them a chance to change and repent and to do the right thing. So he over and over again, finally it gets down to the last plague. This is finally the one that, excuse my language, but it finally is the one that bits, 
bit Pharaoh on the butt, okay? This is finally the one that did that, okay? He said that, and this is where we get Passover, of course. The children of Israel painted the blood on the doorpost, and Egypt, of course, did not. It was all about the blood. It's always been about the blood. It's always been about the blood. They painted it on the doorpost, and the death angel came. The tenth plague, the death angel. And he went through the land, and he killed all the firstborn, including the firstborn of Pharaoh. Now, finally, Pharaoh began to wake up a moment, at least for a moment, because he finally said, go, go, go. And when the children of Israel walked out, they walked out with all the wealth of Egypt, which Egypt still hasn't really recovered from until this day because of the wealth that they walked out with. Because the people of Egypt were giving them everything, saying, your God is God. We don't want no more part of this. Take it, take it, take it. Oh, by the way, there's a wealth transfer coming. By the way, there's a wealth transfer coming. Aren't you glad? God is good. But they, they walked out. They walked out of Egypt. And Pharaoh had finally let them go. He'd finally let them go. And here they go. Here they go on their journey, taking everything from Egypt, basically, because it was handed to them. And they walked out. But there was just this one last thing that came up in Pharaoh's mind. He had had all these chances. And even then, if he'd have stopped, even then, if he'd just let him go. Even then, if he'd just let him go. But no. The devil is relentless. The devil doesn't stop until he's forced to stop. He's relentless. So what did Pharaoh do? He gathers his army and his chariots, and he says, we're going to get him. We're going to go get him. We're going to... Who knows what he was going to do for sure? Was he just going to go kill them all? Was he going to go bring most of them back as slaves? Was he going to kill part of them, bring part of them back as slaves? All we know is he went after them, and they were going to be back in bondage again or dead, one of the two. Has everybody got that? Except that God had a plan. But the children of Israel didn't know the full plan. They just knew they were walking free all of a sudden, and they were free until they looked up, and here comes Pharaoh and his army that they could see from miles away there. And they were there at the Red Sea. And there was nowhere to go. They had mountains on this side. They couldn't go over those. They had mountains on this side. They couldn't go over those. And they had the Red Sea in front of them. How did they get through that? And then here comes Pharaoh's army. They were 110% blocked in. There was absolutely no way in the world that they could get out of this mess. No way. Except God. And God opened the Red Sea. They walked through it. Here comes Pharaoh and his army. And how anybody could be this stupid. Now, I just tell you, I just, I just, I just, I really, it's really a hard one to imagine that Pharaoh now, after he sees all this happen, he's seen all the plagues, he's seen his firstborn die, he's coming back after him again, the Red Sea opens it, 
opens up and they're walking through on dry ground way ahead of him and he gets to the Red Sea and he's really going to be stupid enough to walk through after the children of Israel now. But guess what? He did. And he took his whole army with him. Relentless. The enemy doesn't care about Pharaoh. He just says, go. When he controls them, they just do whatever his bidding is. When he fully controls them, he just says, go, and they go, and they don't stop. But they walked right into God's plan. And as the children of Israel exited the Red Sea, God moved probably one little finger and the sea covered them and killed them. And they were no more forever. They were no more. For, your enemies that you see today will no more bother you forever. And that's where we're at, folks. The enemy's going to try his best to put us in a corner where there's nothing left. It might be a war. It might be more viruses. It might be the bank system collapsing. It's probably going to be all of that, to be honest with you. He's going to try to put us in a corner where there's absolutely no way to go, no how, no way to get out of it. And the only way that it's going to happen is your God is going to move his little finger and it's going to happen. And you say, how does that look? I don't know how it looks. The children of Israel didn't know how it was going to look. They had no idea he was going to open the Red Sea. They were just having to trust him that he was going to do something, and he did. And that's where we're at, folks. July 30th, 2023, mark it down. That's where we're at. They're going to put us in a corner, and it's going to be very soon, and it's going to look like there is absolutely no way out. And that's where you're going to have to be on your knees, trusting your God in the Word. We're going to have to be in the Word, trusting our God and on our knees and knowing that no matter what kind of darkness comes upon us, that the light is going to come soon after that. So it's coming, but there's restoration. So it's not, nothing for us to fear, but it's going to look fearful. And it's going to be very fearful, again, for the people who are not of the body of Christ and don't know it's coming because all they know is that everything is just going on and on and going on and on. And yeah, things are bad here and things are bad there. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And they don't know that we're this crescendo of what's about to happen and about to take place. But we know it because God has shown it to us. Okay. And we've got to, we've got to realize that we're going to be okay and not to be in fear because we're going to have to pull some other people out of fear. You're going to have to not be in fear because you're going to have to pull some other people out of fear, okay? And when they start running to the churches, we've been saying, God, fill up our church. Fill up. Well, when they start running to the churches, are we going to be ready for them when they get here? We better be ready for them when they get here because God is about to answer that prayer for the churches that believe and the churches that will allow the Spirit of God to move. God is about to answer that prayer. So we better be ready for them. We better not be asleep. We better be awake, not woke, but awake. Not woke, but awake. So that's where we're at. And uh, this is something the Lord spoke. I heard that the Lord spoke this to someone, and I believe it. He said it's going, and he said this for the body of Christ, okay? So I want you to hear this very carefully, how he said it, and very closely. He said it's going to look worse before it gets better. So that, that lets us know it is going to get better, thank God. But it's going to look worse before it gets better. And then he added this. He said, 
for a short time. So thank God it's not going to be a long time. But what does God mean by short time? Whatever God means by short time. But he said it's going to look worse. Worse than what? Worse than what it looks now. It looks kind of rough now. But it's going to look worse than that before it gets better for a short time. But then restoration comes. When you see the evil leaders walk into the trap like Pharaoh did, then you'll see it and we'll know it. There won't be any mistake about it. It'll be there. What is the trap exactly? We'll see. They didn't know then. We don't know now. We just know there is one. And they're being lulled into it. And you say, why does it take so long then for God to move? Everything is on his time. He has had mercy for them. Now he's about to, to, to extend his mercy in greater ways now, which has always been extended, but now even greater ways for the church and for the body of Christ and for all of those billions that will be saved during this great revival and this great restoration because that's where this is heading. But just remember, and don't be dismayed and don't be in fear. It's going to look worse before it gets better for a short time. Will you stand with me this morning? I, I just want to do this, actually, because uh, it's like I said, it all starts with our babies and the young people and the schools and those that have been trafficked and those that, have, that could be aborted if, if, if we don't push so that God intervenes quickly. And he has a plan, but he's waiting for the body of Christ to step up and push. Remember the prophecy about the giant getting up where the church would finally stand up. The sleeping giant would finally stand up. The church is the sleeping giant. We're finally beginning to stand up, but we have to stand up fully. We have to stand up not partially, but fully. And that's what we have to do. So I just wanna, I just wanna say this. If you have maybe a young person who is about to start school this week, or you have, um, you know, maybe your child or maybe a grandchild or niece and nephew, or you just have kids, whether they're in school yet or not, or whether they're your kids or not, or just any kid that you know of, I want to ask you, I want to really ask everybody, if you will, let's come and stand in the gap for them this morning. Because, because they have to see the idea, we have to ask the Holy Spirit to move on behalf of of these children so that they will see Christ. See, the Holy Spirit is the one that draws us to Christ in the first place. So we have to ask the Holy Spirit now to begin to move in these schools, in the children's lives and in the parents' lives so that these kids begin to see the identity of Christ so that they can reach their destiny. And so this nation can be, be, be reborn again the way that it's supposed to be, the way God intended it to. So I want to ask you if you can come down here and just stand on the altar with me. If you'll just stand in the gap for anybody, for it may be for a school, it may be for your kid, it may be for your grandkid, it may be for a niece, niece nephew, it may be for just somebody else's child. It may just be for the children of America and the children of the world. Because this is a world thing. This isn't just going to happen in America. God's going to use America and Israel the covenant nations, he's going to use them and they're going to help the other nations and, and all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Father, today we just come before you and we just want to stand in the gap. 
We just stand in the gap, Lord Father God, for the children, God. We stand in the gap for the unborn, that they may be born, that you will protect them and that you will move the abortion completely out of every state. If you have to move every leader of every state, whatever you have to do, Lord, we're going to trust you. We're going to speak your word to do that, Lord Father God. So we pray for them, Father God. We pray for the unborn, that they may be born. Now we pray for those that have been trafficked. Father God, we pray that you will rescue them and bring them out of the trafficking, Lord, that you will move supernaturally, that you would deliver them, that you will bring people to justice that have been involved in this, that they will be put behind bars or whatever has to take place, Lord, or whatever you deem necessary, Father, at this point. That's up to you, Father, but we pray you will remove those people that have conjured this up and have caused this, and you will remove every part of it so that these kids can be released. And then we pray for the kids who have never been taken in child trafficking, that you will protect them from ever being snatched, Lord Father God, that you will put your hedge of protection around them, O God, and watch over them and keep them as you deliver these children deliver this nation. And then we pray for the schools, oh, Father God. We pray that this woke agenda be demolished and be pushed back and the darkness is pushed away so that these kids and so the people over these kids and the people over the states and the school boards and the nation and the government will begin to do the right thing, that you will put the right people in place that will absolutely do the right thing for the sakes of the children. We look for the restoration. We look for it, God. We thank you for it. We know that it's coming. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you did it for your covenant nation, Israel, you will do it for us. You will do it for us. We thank you for it. They were in bondage 400 years. We've basically been in bondage for 400 years based on everything that has taken place that wasn't right. We thank you for awakening us and shaking us out of it. And we thank you for bringing us forth and, and making us know who you are and be closer to you and seek you and to speak your word so that you can use us as the body of Christ to help your people. And we ask your blessings and your protection on our children. And we ask you to send the Holy Ghost fire and revival into the children, into the schools. Let it begin there, Lord. Let them begin there so that the schools don't even know what to do because it breaks out, Father God. Let your, let, your, let your revival break out there. Let it break out in the elementary schools and the middle schools and the high schools so that they don't have any choice but to change everything, oh God, and remove those that need to be removed, whoever they are, however they are, Lord Father God. You've had, you've had mercy. You've had mercy, but we thank you that now your mercy is turning for your church and for your people and for your children of this nation and for this nation and for Israel and for the, and for the nations of the earth, God, that you, will, that you will help through this nation, Father God. We thank you for it. Send your Holy Ghost fire. Send your revival. Touch your children, O oh God. They are your children, God. They belong to you. As much as we love them, you love them even more. You love them even more than we do. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you're about to do. We worship you this morning. We praise you. It's always been about your blood. It's always been about you, Jesus, and it's always been about your blood. We praise you for the blood, and we thank you for your restoration for your healing, for your deliverance. For there is none like you. And we ask your blessings on our people this morning, Father God. 
and we worship you in spirit and in truth. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name. We worship you today. We thank you for reversing the curse. And we say and we speak access denied to our children over the enemy. Access is denied. Access denied. We worship you, Lord. Help us now to go forth and speak your word, to be in your word so we can speak your word and to pray your word and to seek you because these are biblical times and we are here for such a time as this for you to use. But if we do your will, we can do great things for you and for the people of this nation, the children of this nation and the people of the earth before your return before your return and we thank you for it and we thank you for great revival and great restoration and it's in Christ's name we pray Amen Give the Lord a hand if you would Now what I want to do just before we end the service if there's anybody who wants specific prayer for healing or anything like that, or any or anybody you know of that you want to stand in for, anything like that, I want you to come and just stand over here toward this screen, and uh, uh, Elder and uh, and Karen and, and myself will come and pray for you. And Elder Greg is going to come up in just a moment, and he's going to give you the announcements and he's going to dismiss us. But if you need prayer for anything, then Karen and I will will be praying for you right over here. So if you need it or, or want to stand in for somebody pray specifically for you come over here and then uh, other than that you can be seated god bless you amen all right somebody somebody yell hallelujah for me Ooh, I was really, really good over here. Lonnie, you're, you're dragging over here. Give me a hallelujah, Lonnie Muscle. Okay, all right, I'll take it, I'll take it. All right, our announcements for the week, of course, always. Uh, if you're a first-time visitor, second-time visitor, make sure uh, we let us know you were here. We always wanna do the connection, uh, the connection thing, right? All right, small group, of course, always on Sundays, 9.45, always good. Uh, they meet in the, uh, the, I don't know what they call it, it's narrow, long, I don't know what this classroom is called just outside the sanctuary, but that's where they meet every morning, every Sunday morning, I should say. Uh, online Bible study, these are always good. And if you miss part of it, it repeats right after. So a lot of times um, if I'm late and uh, picking up on the one on Wednesday night, I can watch it again at eight o'clock. It's awesome, it's very good. The pastor puts a lot of time and effort into these. All right, all right, here we go. First Saturday, ladies, first Saturday you're up. All right, 10 a.m., uh, always fun. I have no idea what they talk about because they kick me out, right? So it's like I can't even be there anymore. So uh, you can come down here, but you can't join in. So I was like, fine. So gentlemen who have to come down we we have something planned as well it'll be slightly noisy so that's very good so that should get you in here all right so no second saturday prayer night everybody say boo uh, oh yes Ooh, okay boo on that one 
but it's very, very difficult to air condition the entire sanctuary at Saturday evening. So you can imagine on that one. So July and August, so we only got one more month, so we'll crank back up in September. Say hallelujah for that, all right? Because those are great. Next Sunday course, first Sunday, family Sunday as we call it. Uh, so we'll have always, it's always special, first Sunday in August. So we will have, I don't know what's planned yet, but it'll be special. All right. All right. So before you're dismissed, remember the word. What are we here to do? What is all this about? Go and spread the gospel. So before the sun goes down, share what you know with somebody that doesn't know it. All right. If we don't do it, it won't get done. The church is the key. So with that in mind, you're dismissed.